0: This is the Dive Bomb Squadcast, presented by Dive Bomb Industries. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Dive Bomb Squadcast. I'm your host, Asher Tolliver. I know many of you have hung it up for the year, but those of you chasing spring snows, we hope you are having some success. Gun safety. It's something avid waterfowlers consider common practice and often isn't talked about. Then suddenly you hear a tragic story and it hits home. Today I am joined by Mr. Armando Venditozzi, and we are going to talk about a few things. But the main purpose of this episode is to talk about the most important part of any hunt, which is gun safety. Armando, how you doing today, man?
1: Hey buddy, how you doing? I'm doing well, thanks.
0: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. We're uh you know, we're still going hard through February. We're going to chase some of these these white geese, some of these late dark geese. We're going to go into March. Uh and then we'll start slowing down. So, um you know, we're going to we're going to go strong all the way through the end. Now, you're joining me from Quebec today. Is that correct?
1: Yes, I am. I live in uh, Montreal in uh, in in uh, the province of Quebec. Okay. Here in Canada.
0: And we down here in the States, we've, we've seen some unusual weather patterns this year that really led to an unusual migration in many places. Uh, some places that normally or jam up did not do so well. Other places that maybe haven't done as well in the past did a little bit better. What was your experience in Quebec this season?
1: Um, here in Quebec, for me, it was like the best duck season I've ever had um i mean my last hunt was on the 31st of december and uh eight guys we did uh our limits in like seven minutes it wow. was it was ridiculous I, i'd never seen that especially at, at that late a period you know usually we'll get ducks late in the afternoon in in december but this year it was like wow um <clears throat> the whole season the whole entire season was pretty good uh, here yeah. out west as well. We had a really good season. It was warm. Um, I don't think I wore my jacket once uh, wow. in the entire season this year.
0: <laughs> now in Quebec, are you, uh, I assume you're, you're chasing puddlers, uh, mallards? Are you hunting over water? Are you hunting in fields?
1: Um, well in the, in the month of uh, October, uh, when I hunt here in between my, my guiding uh, gigs, uh-huh. um, I hunt, I hunt marshes usually. Okay. Um, uh, then late season we do the fields, um, I guess like everybody else. Uh, you you but guys get any black product, ducks up there? Oh yeah.
0: Because, oh my gosh, that makes me so jealous. <laughs> oh man. They're just, they're unbelievable, man. Did, did you guys shoot any of those on your last, your last hunt of the year?
1: Uh, my last hunt we did, I think there was eight blacks mixed in with all those mallards. Oh, it was man. pretty. It was pretty cool. Jeez,
0: dude, I'm so jealous, man. Like, black ducks are, they're just so cool to me. I've got, I've got one. You know, we don't we don't get them very often in in Arkansas, and I've got one. I'm looking at he's, he's on the wall. But when I start seeing these guys post these pictures late season of these black ducks, and that just big beautiful violet speculum I'm just like man they are just the coolest to me now (laughs) Armando I know you you uh you work as a real estate broker but you are also a hunting guide can you take a few moments to tell us a little bit more about yourself as far as your hunting background and the guide service that you work for
1: sure well um considering i I was born and raised in in montreal i live in the city i've been a city guy all my life um i'm actually the only hunter in my family and that would be my mom's side my dad's side anybody on my wife's family i'm the only person that hunts um i was i was taught at a a late age i started hunting i was 23 and i guess you know like uh, some people are natural artists or musicians. For me, I just, I took the bird hunting and I fell in love with it and uh, and it went from there. Um, you know, I, I, I do enjoy being on the woods, but I enjoy living in the city. So I started guiding part-time as much as I could and uh, it became a, a good compromise for my life. Um, and then in um, in 2017, the outfit I worked for in Saskatchewan uh, great gray outfitters. Um, I was uh, selling hunts for them for many years. And my boss is like, you know, we have a waterfowl concession. I'd like to start doing the waterfowling. He goes, can you give me a hand? So um, being in real estate, I get to to make my own schedule. So I took a couple of weeks off work here and went there and helped him. um, That first season was, you know, like everything else, learning. We learn. We learn uh, how to deal with this, how to deal with that, and uh, well, here we are three years later, and we we have a, a pretty solid waterfowl operation. Um, we we have no shortage of permissions of uh, of be it fields of swamps of even little uh, wooded um, flooded wooded areas mm-hmm. uh, that, that Saskatchewan has all over the place, um, and we built that business, and, and I take. I take approximately 10 weeks off every year. I I stop working here in September and I do the whole month of September uh, for waterfowl. Then I'll come back. I'll work in in real estate, uh, hunt Quebec and then go back (laughs) the first of November and do five weeks guiding deer hunters. Okay, And uh, yeah, keeps me busy. I enjoy it when you love it. It ain't work, right?
0: Hey, absolutely, man. Absolutely. What was your experience up there this past fall with, um, you know, the whole COVID, borders closed, non-American clients. Were you guys still running some Canadian customers? Did, you, uh, did it hurt the business? Can you tell me a little bit about that?
1: Sure. Well, listen, my, the owner of my, of my operation is from Quebec. Okay. Um, so obviously, I've tried from day one to build the American clientele. Uh, that, that's always been my baby and when bear season got cancelled last year we were kind of worried about the fall Um, but we still went ahead we still ran our baits we still you know attended our fields we paid our permissions we did whatever needed to be done and for the waterfowl instead of operating for five weeks i ended up doing a quick three-week season and we catered to uh, uh, two from ontario and about 30 Quebecers. Okay. Uh, which was still good. I mean, they had a great time. Like, the birds were abundant. I would have loved for my American uh, my American friends to have experienced it. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. You play the cards you're dealt. And the same for deer. Uh, we, Our concession, we have uh, 80 uh, deer tags. And we sold every one of them uh, to people who maybe wouldn't have had the opportunity to come. Right. Because all, we, all our deer tags are usually... Not all, but like 80% are pre-sold to our American clients who just, they book um, as, their, as the last day of their trip when they settle up, they leave a deposit for the following year. So wow. it, keeps, it keeps, you know, it keeps uh, repeat business, keeps everybody happy. They get the weeks they want. Uh, they develop relationships with guides, you know, that sort of sure. thing. It's, it's like everything else, you know, uh, you become um, complacent and and it goes forward that way.
0: What was the biggest deer you guys killed um this year? In inches? Uh
1: was right under the it was right under one ninety. It was right around one eighty. We shot one um I hunted him for three weeks with my hunters. I was following him, he'd pop up here, pop up there. And um the last the second last week I was there, or the last week I was there, we put a hunter, we have a we have a blind like 800 yards from the lodge, right in the back of the lodge. Um, and believe it or not, that's the blind. We take sick deer out of there every year. Really? <laughs> and that last hunter, well, guess what? He's the one who shot that deer. The big one. Uh, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll send you a, a photo. It's oh, up yeah, on my, absolutely. On it's it's just like a monstrous eight-pointer, but what a deer. He was Gorgeous, gorgeous dear. I was very happy for that client. He was a good client. He he toughed it out. He was ready to to go home empty-handed. He sat for seven days, dark wow. to dark. 3 p.m. on the Saturday. He was flying home on the Sunday. 3 p.m. on the Saturday. Boom, got it done.
0: He earned that one, man. Oh, yeah. He earned that <laughs> one. I sure hope the borders open before this fall. I, I really oh. want to get back up into Canada and visit a bunch of outfitters and friends up there. I'm gonna have to come by and see you guys if you're going to get into that uh that full dot bomb spread.
1: Yeah, well, like uh <laughs> like like you and I have discussed uh, through through text, uh, I don't own the operation. I'm an employee, but my um uh, my my I, I run the waterfowl part of it. Sure. And this year, I uh, I made a a strong pitch, and it was accepted. So. Whoever I get the guide they're going to be running straight 100% dive All right.
0: Well, I am I'm confident that that once you experience the results and and combine that with the simplicity of setup and teardown along with minimal space used, you will never go back to what you were doing before.
1: I have zero doubt, my friend. <laughs> I truly do not. I'm excited, man. I'm I'm and, excited. And, and just for the record, just for the record, Asher. I contacted you. This is not a, a sales pitch or whatever. That's right.
0: You sure did. I contacted you. You sure did. You reached out to Facebook, and we kind of started talking and built a little bit of a relationship. And hopefully, we can carry that forward to a, an in person relationship um, this oh, fall. Yeah. That would be really nice. I like like getting out and meeting all of our guys that you know support them. They support us, and and we love to do it. So let's um. Let's get into this thing. Armando, you have a story that I believe will resonate with our listeners to help heighten our awareness for gun safety. We hear Mm. about accidents through the grapevine from time to time. But today we are going to hear a firsthand account of what can happen in the blink of an eye. December 10th, you were on a snow goose hunt with some friends and there was a gun accident in the blind that took the life of a fellow waterfowler. Would you take us back through that tragic day?
1: Yep. Um so I got a call from uh one of the guides here that in Quebec, one of the probably one of the best water a snow goose guides here in Quebec. Um and he called me up, he's like, you know, I got a a really good field. You want to come down? So I said, sure, I go let me let me get my guys and we'll come. So I put a little group together. And uh, I was pretty excited. You know, my dog, I, I have a, a lab that, um, that I'm very proud of. I was trying to get him up to 1,000 retrieves for the season. He was, like, right around 900. So I was doing the math. I said, oh, if all goes well, he'll, he'll break the 1,000. So I was pretty excited. And around 10 o'clock that night, um, my buddy Sergio, who is a kid that, I mean, I grew him up, and he hunts with me all the time, called me, and he's like, you know what? Uh, I can't uh, have a doctor's appointment. I can't I can't get out of it. My wife is. So I said, okay, buddy, don't worry. So I decided to go anyway just because I knew the guide. And I said, well, worst case scenario, you know, I, I mean, I know him, right? Um, like you, like every other probably hunter out there, you know, hunting brings people together. Sure. Um, sure. You could be from different uh, religions, race, whatever. When you get into a hunting camp, 99% of the time you all become friends. Right. So that morning was no different i got there we did the setup we put out about 600 full bodies god did i hate it but (laughs) i'm looking forward to him going to dive bombs as well (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and uh, like we, we were all getting along like who brought coffee who brought donuts who brought sandwiches i'm italian so you know i brought pizza and sandwiches um and uh, so like the, the guide is like okay guys we're going to get set up Armando cuz you have your dog you'll get on the on the right hand side of the uh, of the blind and I'll get on the left with my dog and we'll take turns. Says, yeah sure no problem. So the gentleman who is sitting right next to me and I we, we just it just clicked you know and um, we were uh, he goes I recognize you I seen you on a TV show and I want to book a hunt with you and I'm like sure so we exchanged phone numbers like a real cool cat, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Like if you watch the movie, Step Brothers, like at one point I looked at and him and i best like,
0: friends. <laughs> did, did we
1: just become best friends? And, and this was like, the man oh,
0: sitting to your left, correct?
1: My, he was sitting to my right.
0: You're right. So, so you were on the far yeah. left side of the blind?
1: Yeah. Like I, I said right side because I was facing, facing uh, the field. understand. Liff, face in the field, I'm on the left
0: side. Got you. Got you.
1: Side. Okay. So he's to my right, and and, and the, the morning kept going like that. At about eight o'clock, you heard the the, the birds start leaving the roost. Um, so I'm like, uh, okay, guys. Now, before I'll go further, Asher, this is something I really want to dwell on. Okay, um, when I guide, I'm sure you've been around the block, you've you've experienced it. Uh, Max, that guide, I was taught by a gentleman named Bill Safe out in Watertown, New York. He's probably an innovator in the waterfowl industry. He does a speech in the morning, whether you're his best friend, a new hunter, uh, the the most experienced hunter in the world. He does a a safety speech and a safety talk every morning. I do one with my clients. Max does one. Some guides don't. Some people take it as a joke. Um, But at least, you know, you try and control a little bit or, 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 or make people aware that, Guys, this is all fun and games, but unfortunately, our accidents don't forgive. And the funniest part of my speech or Bill's speech back when he taught me how to do it, um, because years later, I find myself uh, being repetitive of right. things he says, I sing. Say, the biggest worry has always been, guys, do not shoot my dog. Right. Because if you shoot my dog, it's not an accident. It's because you're, you're, you fucked up and you you were not paying attention. That was like a something that could be avoided. So that was always my biggest don't shoot the dog. Sure. So now that's stay morning, under control. Exactly. Yeah. Like you know you're not you're supposed to shoot upward, not downward. That's right.
0: But know your target before pulling the trigger.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So going back to, to that morning, I'm looking over and, and I see two snow geese coming nice and low. So I, I I look over at Max, I go, There's two birds over my left shoulder. And he goes, Okay, everybody get ready. Uh, so I tell the, the the guy next to me, I go, listen, there's seven of us here, there's two birds, I'm just gonna hold the dog, I'm not even gonna shoot because we're gonna eat lead. Yeah, here, we're you know? good. Yeah. So he started laughing. So um, when when I guide, I usually drop on my knee, and I'll put my finger in my dog's collar. He's perfectly trained, but he hadn't hunted in five weeks, so I sure. just wanted to hold just on just to, to make him. sure. Yeah. So I got my 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 head sticking out a little bit so I'm watching I'm watching, I'm watching and I hear the the guy give the go and I'm hearing boom 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 boom, and I'm hearing oh no, oh no so I'm like, look at this all these guys they only shot one bird. I couldn't believe it so I open the door and I send the dog right all as well as I turn around your 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 subconscious like sometimes you'll overlook something sure. I, I don't even know how to explain how this, this went about. But I looked over, and I didn't notice the guy next to me wasn't there anymore. Oh, I see man. the third guy over, and he's sitting on his, on his ass, white, and he's looking at me, and he's like, oh, my God, I fell. Oh, my God, I fell. And I'm like, you fell? What does that mean? And I turn, and I see the guy, and he's laying flat on his on his face next to me, and I'm like, what the hell?
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: So, I screamed to Max because I mean, we what we did is we put like uh, three sections of uh, a frames together. Okay. But we're all pretty well separated. Where you know we have plenty of space. So I screamed to Max, call nine one one, call nine one one. This guy's hurt. This guy. Can't. And so
0: now was he was he was he face down?
1: He was face down, and there's no blood anywhere. Uh huh. So I'm I'm thinking maybe he just you know he hit him in the head with his barrel and uh, he's knocked unconscious. Yeah, yeah. So Max sees my face. He takes off running. He goes, I'm gonna go get my truck because we're in the middle of a field. Uh, Maybe we have a better chance of getting this guy out than an ambulance getting in here, right? Right. Um. So I call 911 and and I got 911 on the phone and I'm trying to I'm you know I'm trying to talk to the guy and I say, hey buddy, hey buddy and um, it's not like in the movies, you know, the, right, there was a right. little hole, there was a little hole in his jacket. and That's all there was. So the guy next to me, he's like, my gun went off, my gun went off. I'm like, but wh- what are you saying? I mean, I, I'm all trying right. to, you know, so the 911 operator, they got to put you through the paramedics. So I'm like, listen, I go, I, I'm going to turn this guy over because I, something is not right. And even though I mean I was on my knees, he was a big boy. I, I managed. Don't ask me how. I guess it's adrenaline. Yeah. I lift. I lifted him up and I turned him over, and that's when I saw like there was just a a coagulated chunk of blood oh, in his nose man. and his tongue was sticking out. So I cleared his I cleared his airwaves, I cleared his nose. I put his tongue back in his mouth and I started to to give him CPR. Um, and I mean, God bless, God bless that, that lady on, uh, on the phone. She counted with me. I mean, I want to say it took 10 minutes, but it could have been three before the cops and, and the ambulance came in. I'm sure it felt
0: like an eternity that you're sitting there.
1: Yeah. But, or eternity or, or, or for me, or in the blink
0: of an eye. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, and, and, you know, I mean, I, I was brought up a certain way um you know i i don't you you know you're a man you know i'm a man you're a man it's not time to to to, to worry or to, to be a pussy right. like you, you man up and um and that's all that went through my head i'm like i gotta I, I gotta do whatever i can to try and help this guy you know right in the back of my head i knew it was it was over there was no pulse there was no movement there was no nothing um, so I pumped away and pumped away and pumped away and then I mean when when the cops get there in the ambulance they, they they just take you away right they, they they just they take over at that point um and uh and you know they they tried they tried to defibrillate him and but it was too late he ate the whole at at a foot away he ate the whole shot of that that three and a half inch shell Wad and everything went in now is that that was that
0: through his was it his it went back up, or up, shoulder
1: yeah. area? Be- beneath his shoulder blade, into his lungs. I guess oh, why he, man. why the blood shot out of his nose. Like I don't want to use, but like when you when you when you lung shot a deer, you know how it yeah yeah. Hit, yeah it, it was exactly. So I was trying to understand because they were they were using some French words. I mean, I speak French very fluently, but they were using some French words that I wasn't understanding right then and there. But then I understood it was right underneath the shoulder blade. Wow. So it went up in, and, and I mean, he ate the wad, he ate everything. That's why there was no blood. It, it was so hard that it, it, it just basically sealed it there for a second. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, uh, they, they tried, uh, I got, I got to hand it to them. They came over after like, they came and see me and they're like, uh, you know, do you, do you need any, uh, any help to, to speak to somebody, to a counselor? I go, listen, never mind me that poor guy that his gun went off that that guy's going to have a heart attack. Someone bring him to the hospital because yeah. the guy was on the floor. He would listen. The guy died, but this guy here, he you know, like his life is forever, forever, forever
0: changed. I mean, yeah, it's, it's absolutely horrific. I mean, first our thoughts and prayers go out to the friends and family uh, of this man that lost his life. I can't imagine thinking your loved one, was just going out for a casual fun hunt with some friends to get a phone call that he lost his life in an accident. But second, the heartache of the individual that had the accident. I mean, in almost 30 years of waterfowl, I'm 33. I've been, dad's taking when I was four years old. I've, I've had my gun slide off the rail of an A-frame. I've had Mm -hmm. a gun fall over in a pip line. You know, I'm always extra careful, but these freak accidents can happen, and I just want to send peace and comfort uh, toward this individual that had the accident because I can't imagine how hard this must be for him. And like you said, this is not something that just leaves you. This is something that that he has to carry with him for the rest of his life.
1: Oh, it it, it, it wasn't. Um... I don't wish that on anyone. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this. When um, I was okay until they they brought they brought us to the police station, right? You gotta unfortunately it's, it's someone they have to rule out that it was it was done intentionally. Sure, sure. Um, I was okay up until I called my friend Sergio. And because for me, all I thought was fuck sergio was supposed to be standing there Jeez, and up until i wasn't able to speak to him or a couple of other guys in my group you know when when you're the group the organizer want or not if something is great you're the best if something goes wrong somehow some way it could be perceived as it was your fault and the last thing i ever want to do is call a friend of mine's wife and say listen this and this happened to your husband because uh, I invited him, and uh, right. So I mean, all these, these things that you shouldn't think of, unfortunately, they go through your mind. Right. Uh, but up until I spoke to him uh, and to a couple of a couple of the guys, my friend Steve, like guys that guys that are with me all the time, that's what goes through your head. Obviously, th- this poor guy. I mean, he would have become a great friend to me, and my God, it, this this will stay with me forever. But my 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 just my thought in my head was, fuck! It was supposed to be Sergio that day, you know, with me. And then when I when I spoke about this with Bill, um, you know, because the guy he's a very close friend. Sure. It it never occurred to me what you just said. When that guy fell, his gun went off um, upward. I was kneeling down. What if? What if you'd have been upright? He goes, God looked out for you, my friend, because that gun could have went easily. You could have just got it. Instead of him, he could have fallen with the gun on the floor, and you would have eaten that shot. He goes, you have no idea how lucky you are. And, you know, he goes, that day, like I told you when, when we spoke about this, I think God was looking out for me that day. Absolutely. And, um, and and not and, you know, I, I, I mentioned him earlier, and, I mean, I don't want to – I don't want to – my dog – um the, these dogs there's like he, he comes from uh, from South Carolina from Bay Creek uh, kennels
0: uh-huh.
1: uh, Maverick's a special dog. He's he's like affectionate at the lodge people they, they, he you know like he's affectionate. He knew he knew something was wrong. He brought back that snow goose, held it in his mouth, and literally tried to get on top of me the entire time for almost 10 days after the fact in the morning when I would try and go to work or whatever I had to bring him with me to the office he would not leave me alone um, wow. the lot I did a I, I told the story to someone and he was laying here on the floor in my office and as, as the story got on it's almost as if he knew that it was, yeah. it was he, he tried to get on my lap um, and, and it's just you know i I, I, don't, I don't know if that, that wanted to hear that or
0: not no i mean seriously it's like they can feel
1: yeah they can feel
0: your your stress or your anxiety or your pain it's like i don't you know like mine he's he's laying under my feet right now and and he's sleeping but um you know there's times it's it does seem like when i'm stressed or worried it's like he will kind of look at me or try to get close you know and i know a lot of people think that's crazy but if you've ever had a dog like that you you know it's not crazy because it's like they can sense when you know something's just not quite right with you
1: oh yeah he's um and and i'm sure any any guide or any waterfowler that has a lab that they treat him like 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 their best buddy Mm -hmm. they'll understand what i just what i what i mean by that he's i'm not gonna say he, he was a big factor in me just you know chilling out and, and learning to cope with this um, and I mean uh, the, the guide uh, the guide did everything right that day. like I said he's one of the best guides here. Um, it was deemed 100% an accident. I think the gentleman when he when he was standing I had my back to it so one can only assume that either he popped his safety off before standing and then right. he slipped and fell. Or he got off a shot, then slipped, and as he was falling, his finger was still on the trigger. The trigger. And because the, the the boy who lost his life, um there was still there was one shell left in his gun, so he had gotten two shots off. Okay.
0: How old uh, was this gentleman?
1: He was like uh thirty eight, thirty nine okay. years old. We laughed so much that morning <laughs> you'd have thought we were friends forever. Yeah.
0: How uh how early into the hunt did this happen? Was this like the first group that that came into the decoys or? Yeah, it was maybe. It was it was pretty early on.
1: Seven forty-five, eight o'clock. Okay. And I mean, wow. we spent the rest of the day at the police station and um uh, and the crime scene. They they uh they blocked off the entire field. We 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 were only able to go get our uh our stuff like at six o'clock that night, and then uh, there was the matter of picking up the decoys and whatever. And the guide and the other hunters, they're like, Armando, just go home. You've dealt with enough for today. Just just let it, we'll take care of it for you. Like they were, they were guys I'd never met before. Um, They've reached out to me a couple of times since to Mm -hmm. to check up on me. And uh, I find that, I find that, you know, it's special. It makes, makes me feel good at least, right? Um, The cop too, they're like, well, it was, the fact that I worked on him for ten minutes—that at least gave him the chance for the defibrillator. Right. Because if the if no one pumps on that stomach, the uh, on the stomach, sorry, on the heart, the the defibrillator has zero chances of working. Right. So right. Maybe, maybe you know what? It gave me some sort of comfort. That That's you right. You try, you try your best, I guess.
0: That's right, That's- guys. Be a leader in your group, even if you hunt every single day with the same people. Step up and say something. Don't ever let anybody forget it, how quickly these things can happen. I, I get it. Nobody wants to be that guy, like drilling everybody. But if being that guy prevents a tragedy like this from taking place, so be it. This And this doesn't just apply to the hunters either. Keep the dogs in mind as well. I've seen a dog with with three legs that broke before the shot call and got rolled by another hunter, and I've heard horror stories of dogs that were shot and killed in the field while going after a cripple. Stay under control, keep your muzzle pointed in a safe direction at all times, and know your target before pulling the trigger. There's no bird worth jeopardizing the safety of yourself or others around you. We can't stress it enough. And all it takes is one freak accident, one crazy thing like this to happen to change the course of your life forever. So, give us a little rundown of some things that guys need to be aware of or keep in mind.
1: Well, for me, I could tell you this. Um, a lot of the times that the, the silliness is or, uh, or overlookings happen is usually with friends and guys that you know you you don't want to be that guy you don't want your friends thinking that you're you're the the mean guy of the group at some point you gotta you gotta get control and say guys uh, here we're all here to have fun there's no bird worth dying for um after this happened my wife she was kind of hoping that i was going to tell her i was done for the season and um my my core friends, a couple of my friends, they they like no no no. So they got me back on the horse, right? right. And and as worried as I was, when you're hunting with guys that, that that get it, it helps. Um, for me, that that speech in the morning, just listen to your guide. You know, right? I keep my safety on, and I'm not I'm not better than anyone. I've done it. i clicked it off when when I see the birds ballooning especially with canadas when you see their ballooning and i've already picked out the bird i'm going to shoot i click off my safety just before i get ready to shoot um now i don't do it on my last hunt of the year when i went i went on a, on a on a duck hunt on the 31st of uh december i popped up and then i clicked the safety off and the guys that i were with they also knew what had happened so I don't know if they did it just out of respect to me for that day, but that's how it was for everyone, and you could tell because it's not the guy's gun is not going off as he's as he's standing up. The guy actually has to stand up before the gun goes up. Right. So stuff like that is really cool. Be mindful of what you're pointing at. Um, if if the, if the if the if they swing or oh I'm gonna hit it in the back or I'm gonna do, guys it's a bird it's a bird that's 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 all you have to tell yourself it's a bird and it ain't worth dying for um
0: well and nobody likes to get their bell rung anyway you know if you got some guys slinging their (laughs) barrel over everybody's head you know yeah maybe you do have the clearance you know to make that shot with your 28 inch barrel and your three inch extended range choke tube but that's not the point like nobody wants you shooting over their head it's like leave those lanes for the guys that are in position to make that shot. You don't have to come out guns blazing. Oh, you know, I killed three in that group. Um, You know, and if somebody in the group thinks they're too cool for the safety speech, then honestly, they probably shouldn't be hunting with you anyway. Cause all you're trying to do is just reaffirm stuff that everybody already knows, but you're just putting it in the forefront of everybody's mind again, because sometimes it just, it's nice to have these little refreshers whenever you do it. All the time. You know, you guys, you said y'all were in A-frames. Yeah. And I can't tell you, Armando, how many guns that I've seen slide off the rail in an A-frame and go down in the blind, you know, pointed at a row of five or six guys in that blind. And and it happens. I get it. Everybody doesn't have those clip-on holders. And sometimes if you bump the rail... It might not even be you that bumped the rail. It might have been somebody in your group and they bumped the rail of that A-frame and it caused your gun to slide off. But uh, those are all little things that, you know, likely if you hunt enough, it's probably going to happen. You know, it's there's things that are likely going to happen that you thought you had control of or something that you were even perfectly aware of. But, you know, obviously when you're dealing with freak accidents, the fewer times that stuff like that happens, the more we can control that, the less likely of a tragic accident. And um, you know, layout chairs, gosh, I think that's probably the most dangerous type of hunting just simply because everybody's guns are pointed forward at a low angle. Um you're at the same level of the birds. So Whenever dogs, if you have a breaking dog and you've got a bunch of birds coming in on the deck, you know, you're shooting at the same angle and you might not be able to see that dog as well as you could if you were standing up from a chair in a layout blind. And then you pair that with, um, you know, you got socks all around you and ghillie blankets and other things that could hang up on your trigger. It It just makes it a – just a little bit more – dangerous style of hunting people are walking around out front of you know 10 barrels that are laying on their gun rest and somebody doesn't have their safety on and a dog or something runs through and get you know gets tangled in a blanket or a sock and next thing you know that trigger goes off it's just just be mindful of your guns your gun direction your safety you know gods will say hey after the shooting ceases, put your you know guns up dogs are out guides are out collecting birds collecting cripples just do your very best to prevent anything tragic from happening i think a story like armando's can hit home and resonate with some people in the waterfowl crowd that just kind of take these you know these safety briefings for granted especially whenever you're hunting every single day mm-hmm. got anything else you want to add to that
1: yeah those um those layout lines you, you 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 said it before i did oh i i see guys with those guns just up down sideways if i'm running out to, to fix a decoy or whatever and i mean you feel bad but you got to scream at some of these people to tell them hey when i say gun up i don't mean gun pointed at me i mean gun right. up right you know like it's, it's 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 mind-boggling sometimes, but um, I did manage to, to, to tell my boss after all of this was said and done, and I'm like, you know, I know they pay good money to come hunt with us. Um, A lot of people take it as a joke, especially my friends, but when I'm doing my speech next season, if they don't listen or if they're not paying attention or whatever, I'm really sorry. They're going to walk back to their truck, and they're going to wait in the truck because my, my life is worth a hell of a lot more than a, a mallard, that's for sure. You're dang right.
0: You know, one thing that I take away from it, like I've already said two or three times, freak stuff can happen. But if you control your barrel direction, if something does happen in the chance that your your gun does go off, at least we didn't kill anybody. At least we didn't mm. shoot anybody. It's like that rule that, that your dad tells you whenever uh, you get that first gun, whether it's a BB gun or four, 10, .22. Don't ever point your gun at something that you're not going to shoot. Yep. So keep your barrel pointed in a safe direction. And the off chance that something happens, it goes off, have it pointed in a safe direction. Double check, triple check, quadruple check your safety. Just make a an effort in your mind when you're laying in your blinds. Check that safety. Make sure that safety's on. If that gun does slide off the rail of that A-frame, somebody bumps it. Maybe you're not even in there. It might be your gun, but you might went out to get a bird, and then somebody bumps the A-frame, and your gun slides over and falls. Just check that safety. It could prevent something terrible like this from happening.
1: Yep, I
0: agree, 100%. Uh, you know. That's a, uh, a very impactful story. I know it's something that, you know, you're not, even, you're not even two months from this being passed. But I think that your story, as tragic as it was, can help a lot of people. I'll hear about this stuff. But to actually hear about it, hear about it, you know, like you said, you're talking with a guy. You're making friends with them. You are laughing. You're having a good time. You're snow goose hunting. It's great. Geese are coming in. Read the script. They're coming in hot. You send your dog. He you do what he's trained to do. And then this guy that I was just talking with, making friends with, is in the blink of an eye. He's, he's no longer with us. Mm. So I know that must have have been very difficult to be a part of, but you can take comfort in the fact that you did everything you possibly could. So moving forward, um, we're going to keep our fingers crossed that these borders open up and (laughs) maybe we can meet in person sooner rather than later. And I'd love to, to share a blind with you. I'm sure it would be a great time. I just hope right. I just hope it happens.
1: Oh well, I'm sure it will. This this can't go on forever. Uh, I'm about I'm about done with it. It's enough now. <laughs> I think I'd we're like all over get- o- I think
0: we're over yeah. it. Everybody's just ready for we're just ready for everything to get back to normal.
1: Oh yeah, for sure.
0: I'm excited about you, you know, getting a new spread, getting the opportunity to uh to run our product. I'm glad the uh the owner is is on board with that and if you have any questions if anything comes up if you're not sure whether it's certain products you want to know more about or certain spreads or different species i encourage you to reach out and i will absolutely do the best i possibly can to help you out and uh, i greatly greatly appreciate you you join in the podcast today to tell this story because I think it can help a lot of people.
1: Well, I, 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 truly, I have to say, um, from the second I reached out to you on social media, and I'm sure you get people all the time. You never once hesitated or blew me off or you were there to, to ask and uh, to listen to my questions and, um, guide me in the right direction and what I was doing. And I am so forever grateful for that. I look forward to having that dive bomb logo on my trailer next season. <laughs> um, look forward to having my American clients come back up, to have you up, to have anybody. So long as, so long as you love to hunt, we're gonna have a good time. I can I could guarantee that we're gonna have a good time. Um, and uh, you know, thanks so much for having me on, Asher. Uh, I'm I'm very grateful. And uh, if if anybody does uh, want to come for a hunt. It's Great Grey Outfitters. Um, Myself, Armando. I'm on Instagram at safaridude. Give me a shout. I'll be more than happy to set you up. And you could be, uh, maybe you'll be the the first ones in my monster dive bomb. (laughs) uh,
0: Heck yeah, man. Well, Armando, keep kicking ass. Slink some real estate this uh, spring and summer. And uh, we will talk to you soon, sir. You take care, man.
1: Take care, brother.
0: Okay. God bless you. All right. Bless you. Bye-bye. What a sad, sad story, but also a story that can spread and create awareness. Tragedies happen, and there will likely come a time in life where you must step up to the plate and be there for someone when they need you the most. Armando could not save this man, but he did everything he possibly could until more advanced help could arrive. So I applaud him for that. I encourage all of you listening to share this with your hunting buddies. You guys stay safe. Until next time, y'all be good. Thank you for listening to the Dodd Bomb
1: Squadcast.